It's your girl Rebecca and Lily, and you're listening to Just Ghouly Things. Ooh. Hey, Boo Things, and welcome back to Just Ghouly Things, the quarantine spooky story special, episode fifty. Hey. And we are your bootyful hosts, Rebecca and Lily. Hello. All right, fifty. Now we can't go back. Let's try to make it to a hundred, guys. Hundred days of quarantine. No. no. <laughs> Just kidding. No. Um, but yeah, 50. Okay. That's a that's a good number. 50 days in a row we've done this show. That's pretty crazy. We did it? 50s. Oh, it did. Oh my god. Follow me on SoundCloud, guys. Got my mixtape <laughs> on there. So thank you guys to all you boo things that have listened to all 50 episodes more. Plus, because we also have our regular season episodes of Just Ghouly Things. Um, Thanks for sticking in there and listening to us. I mean, kudos to you. 50 days in a row of hearing our voices, Lily. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how people do it. I really don't. You must really love us. (laughs) And we love you guys, too. So, without further ado, ready to get started, Lily? I got some long stories today. Oh, really? Yeah, a couple. Okay, yeah, I have one long one. Actually, let's start with that. Let's start with the long one. This is a good one. All right, I'm strapped in. Okay, it is called, I was a tour manager for the Winchester Mystery House. Ooh. Right? I saw it. I was like, yep, it's in. It's in for the episode. Okay. <laughs> uh, this was corrected and fixed on the um, behest, behest of the admins. I don't know. I'm illiterate, guys. Yeah, I don't know what that um, means either. I think we can all agree this content is worthy of sharing and hopefully fits well in here as a post. I landed the summer job a few years ago while getting my bachelor's in history. Fitting. Uh, The admins and owners treat us us tour guides like shit on minimum wage. It is hardly a sustainable job if it wasn't for the tips the nice folks would generally, generally throw in at the end of the tours. For those of you who don't know, the Winchester Mystery House... It is a 160-room mansion built off of land purchased by Sarah Winchester at the turn of the 19th century that used to be an eight-room farmhouse uh, like any other in pre-Silicon Valley. The owners of the place today are descendants of a Brown family who purchased the Victorian home in a public auction. They have before claimed it to be the most haunted house in North America. I find the owners of it today to be a bit shady, lucrative people. Uh, they typically hire six to 12 tour guides per year as some do it seasonally and others retire. It is a balance between college grad students and studying, studying history or in theater programs and middle-aged and elder folks who have been around for quite some time. The medical benefit from the job is if you get injured at the house, they pay for all your related medical expenses, but that's about it. From my time working there, uh, within the past few years. My role as a tour guide was to coordinate my tours, which ranged from as little as 3 to 28 people on a 65-minute guided tour within an 8-hour shift. So there would be about 4 to 6 tours in a day per guide. When I started out, I was given a week to explore the mansion on my own and get a look around, afterward being tested on a script written in part by the mansion historian, a full-time position held by a really nice lady, and recycled material from when tours began in the 1920s. I have explored, I'd say, 80% of the mansion. Some places are locked and really hard to get past. And I had, and I have had some unexplainable occurrences. One notable instance was when I was giving a tour to 27 people. While in the 13th bathroom, which had an unfinished state-of-the-art shower, unfin- which, ha- ah! <laughs> which had the unfinished state-of-the-art shower, my tour delivery was interrupted by a very faint shriek that sounded as though it were coming from down the halls from the switchback staircase. I asked if others heard it. They said yes. Very, really quite strange. More eerily, but also I really am not sure if it was just my imagination. During my second day of training, I walked up the fourth turn of the switchback staircase and thought I heard some footsteps to the rhythm of a shadowy figure that, uh, that, suddenly creeped in the corner of my eye as i walked up the shallow stairs i was coming up them as well behind it was coming up them as well behind me imagination or not i ran into the upstairs hay room which is now a display room for artifacts as fast as i could apparently seeing a shadowy womanly figure in black uh, has been the complaint of others as well other things would happen like a tour in front of me one time witnessed a photograph frame 
fall from a high shelf in the ballroom and shatter, the sudden smell of roses in Madame Sarah's dead room, etc. Us guides call it the dead room, but the admins didn't wish guests to know that was our name for it. <laughs> the scariest experience of all was exploring the unlit attic, off-limits and used for storage of decor, in between a tour break uh, with my phone flashlight. The beautiful third-floor window, which can be seen in nearly every online front picture of the mansion, is somewhere. It is where I encountered some horrific, grotesque figure in a woman's Victorian morning gown. Its hollowed eyes and rotting face were, li were literally set up at that window, holding a rose and pointing forward. Uh, for a mere second, I seized in terror with my phone light fixed for me to see it was a rubber posable zombie decor using <laughs> used during spooky events. Ha ha ha. There were many memories made there. One of my favorites, uh, was giving tours to company-hosted reservations. Open drinks aren't allowed in the house for purposes of preservation. Say you were to spill a drink. But when Google and other tech companies bought the place for a night, the admins would turn a blind eye and ask those of us chosen to host them uh, not to ask them to put their drinks away. The employees of said companies were quite nice folk, though, and were easy to get along with and entertain. I was a tour manager for the Winchester Mystery House. The end. Huh. So I want to... So wait, it's called the Winchester... I was trying to look it up. Winchester Mystery House. Yeah. Where, why isn't this popping up? Oh, it's in the sand... Okay, this is... Okay. Because now I want to... Okay, this is in California. So, Lily, uh, so we're going to go to Florida. We're going to visit... The Universal Studios, we're going to go to Disney World, and then we're going to take another flight straight to San Jose, and we're going to go to the Winchester Mystery House, because this looks pretty that fucking cool. That could be so cool! Yeah, this place looks spooky kooky ooky. It is, they, they've been there on, I think, Ghost Hunters and Ghost Adventures. I thought, you, you know what, when you said the name and the title, I mean, first of all, it sounds like a spooky kooky ooky house in general, it does. but I was pretty sure I watched some sort of investigation there. I'm not sure if they caught evidence, but, um, and during those investigations, but it definitely looks like a house that you'd at least hear some sort of paranormal sounds or something like that. Yeah. And this guy heard footsteps and felt something following him there. So yeah, sounds about right for this type of house. Cause this house just looks like it has so <laughs> yeah. much history behind it. Yeah, definitely eerie. Like definitely some dead children at the end of hallways and stuff like that. Okay. Definitely spooky, spooky, spooky. So, let's see. What, what am I going to do? Um, let's do one of the longer ones, too. Okay. Stories that happened to my parents in their house. Well, that happened in my parents' house in the Philippines. So, hi, guys. I just wanted to share a series of paranormal experiences we had in my parents' house inside our compound. These events happened with different people and times in the house. I apologize in advance if my English isn't good, mainly because that's not my first language. Just to give you a background, we lived in a closed compound with a four-car garage and five houses. My parents' house is situated in the middle. My maternal aunt's house is to the right of their house. A vacant house used as storage for junk is situated to the far right from my parents' house. To the left of their house is a rented apartment, and to the far left is another apartment where I started to occupy since last year, which is 2019. So the first experience is titled The Mimic or Skinwalker, or whatever you'd like to call it. 1.1. This is... Uh, this is taking place in 2006. I was in second year high school. My paternal aunt and her kids were renting out the ground floor of my parents' house. Back in the two-story house, it was divided in two. The first and second floor isn't connected, so the ground floor was rented out. The only way to access the second floor, the space me, my sister, parents, maternal aunt, and her kid live in, is through a staircase at the side of the house. It was a hot afternoon, and I was heading out to the store. I went inside my paternal aunt's floor to ask my cousin if he wanted to go out with me. Take note that only my cousin was in the house since my aunt was at work. I checked his room to ask if he wanted to come with me, but then I didn't proceed because I heard that someone was taking a bath in the CR. Know that the floor area is only about 70 square Somebody, I don't know what that means. Um, 70 to 80 square, <laughs> I'm assuming, meters. Thus, you can hear everything inside. 
Um, oh wait, somebody said, okay, I don't know. It's some sort of metric system I don't understand because I'm from America. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I decided to proceed to the store without him because he was taking a bath. When I got back after 10 minutes, he was sitting on the porch playing guitar. I told him that I was supposed to invite him to go to the store with me, but he was taking a bath. He was deliberately surprised and told me that he wasn't taking a bath because he just woke up. He swore that he just woke up. I thought he was just messing with me, but then I examined his face and realized he probably wasn't because his face looked like someone who had just woken up, meaning eyes were still puffy. So then in 2007, it was around 4.45 to 5 p.m. when I got home from school. I got up the staircase leading to the door, but to my dismay, the door was locked. I kept on knocking, but unfortunately, there was no one answering. I waited for a good 10 minutes and then decided to ask the tenants in my apartment, uh... Apartments one, two, and three, if my mom left the house key because this is what they usually do whenever no one is left at home. I went to apartment one. They told me no one left the key in their custody. Same as with apartments two and three. I asked them what time they left. Around 2 p.m., replied our tenant. I was irritated because I was forced to wait at the door for them without even knowing what time they'll get home. So I went back to the door and decided to just sit down in front of the doorstep. Click. The door opened. I was a bit surprised to see my paternal aunt opening the door to the hallway. It was a three-meter hallway to get to the dining room and living room area. She opened the door without any word, then turned around to go back to the dining area. She was wearing a pink sleeveless shirt and shorts, her favorite pair. She got to the sofa and just sat there without doing anything, just sat there with her head bowed, her head bowed down. I paid no mind to it because I was thinking maybe she's still sleepy. I asked her where my sister and, kid wa- and his kid was but got no response. I checked the kitchen. Rice was cooking in the rice cooker, and there was freshly cooked adobo in the wok. Weird, I thought since she looks like she just woke up. So I decided to just go into my room and do schoolwork. It was 7 p.m. and I heard my parents' car go in the garage. I got out of my room and saw my maternal aunt got out of the car, out of the, got out of the door to the staircase wearing the pink shirt and shorts. After a few seconds, my mom opened the door and got in the house. She asked me where my aunt was, so I told her she just got out of the door. Didn't you see her? My mom told me she and her kid went to the mall with my sister. I thought she was kidding. At 10 p.m., my aunt got home with my sister and cousin wearing a red shirt and blue jeans carrying a department store bag. No one was home since 2 p.m. So who opened the door for me and who cooked the (laughs) rice and adobo? The end. That is definitely some doppelganger shit right there. Yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah. So creepy, right? Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. It's oh, like the fact that, but I mean, at least the spirit was nice enough, or the doppelganger was nice enough to cook for them. Rice takes a while I mean, to prepare. I wouldn't eat it though if a doppelganger cooked for me. That's true. That is true. I, uh, I don't know, but if it looked good, Very I mean, boring. I might have to risk it all because I'm kind of hungry and I'm lazy to cook sometimes. So. But uh, yeah, so that's my story from the Philippines. I love hearing like different stories from all over the world. It's pretty cool. It's really interesting because we've had a couple stories from the Philippines before, I think. Yeah, and they're always and like super fucking weird. They think they're crazy ass stories. Philippines ghosts know how to party. <laughs> I love it. That's so accurate. <laughs> All right, so my next story is called The Most Frightening Night of My Life. My first memories of, were of ghosts, and have and I have had many experiences throughout my life, but this story was horrific, a nightmare I will never forget. Many years ago, when I was around 19 years old, I was renting a two-bedroom duplex with my friend who was a cab driver and worked graveyard shifts. Uh, after living there about six months, I woke up in sheer terror and knew something was coming. I heard the front door slam against the wall like a howling wind, like out of a fucking horror movie, and I froze, lying there on my back, too afraid to open my eyes. It came into my room and was standing over me. It was such a strong energy, I could not breathe. I thought I was going to die. I could barely get out. I can't breathe. At that moment, I was out of my body, standing at the end of the bed, looking at my body, lying there. And there was a teenage boy with blonde hair standing in front of me. I have no idea why, but I said, how did you find me? He said it was spring. At that moment, I was back in my body and I heard a voice call my name in my front door. I got up and walked out of my room, looking straight ahead to an open front door and a man standing in my doorway. I said, is that you? It was so dark. I couldn't see I could only see a shadow. He said, why is the door open? 
I was shaking and turned on the light. I asked him why he was home, and it was only around 3 a.m., and he usually came home uh, after 6 a.m. He said he felt something was wrong and had to come home. When he arrived, he saw the door was open, and he was afraid to come in not knowing what was happening. I think if he had not come home when he did, who knows what would have happened to me. I moved out shortly after that, but then I visited him at that place once. Everything went flying around the place. Needless to say, I never went back. I still don't know who he was or why I asked a question that appears to indicate I did know him or what did spring have to do with anything. Any ideas? Hmm. The end. And wait, I'm sorry, where was this and where did this occur? Um, I didn't say exactly where, but uh, someone was renting out a two-bedroom duplex with a friend. Uh-huh. And one night there was sleep paralysis and an out-of-body experience. So, okay, so this is just, so this was a temporary place. Did, it, did they say how long it was? Or it's just, uh, it doesn't seem like it was too long. I, well, I mean, I can understand why, because <laughs> that experience is really creepy. Um, what do you, like, what do you think? I think that the place is haunted. Now, you think the the place itself is haunted? Yeah, I don't think it's a case of, like, a person with a gift or anything. I think that the place is haunted because they said that when they went back, more shit happened. They went back and everything was flying around. Like, things went flying. Like, So I think that the duplex is haunted. Yeah, and it's not like this person said, oh, and I have other experiences in other places. I'll talk about it later. It's just... Exactly. Huh. See, like, it's, it's, it's situations like that. It makes you think if... They were renting this out with somebody. Did the other, like, if the other person experienced it, but maybe they didn't communicate it? Or Ooh, is it possible. just, there's, or maybe this person is sensitive that we don't know. And whatever was there realized that this person was sensitive and was trying to communicate something to them. Yeah. Makes you think. It Makes could you be. Your noggin. It really does make you think. I'm about to burp. <laughs> okay. So, speaking of possible haunted rentals, let's talk about haunted couches. And if this is titled, It Came With The Couch. Ooh. So, some background. This is my first official encounter with the paranormal. I have always been on the sensitive side, but more regarding energies and emotions, mostly of people, but sometimes places. I don't see auras or colors. It is more just feeling the positive and negative energies. There have been times where places just throw me off and make me deeply uncomfortable. However, I had never interacted with the paranormal, although I was always interested. As such, I never truly believed until this experience. Around a year and a half ago, I moved into my first apartment about two years ago, along with two other roommates. I'm a college student and my apartment reflected that. As all of us were moving some furnished spaces, we did not have a lot of furniture, a couch being one of them. However, there was no immediate need to purchase one, so it becomes something on the lookout but for no urgency. Five months passed and I learned that my roommate's friend is moving and would give us a free couch. This was great, it was free, and it was also from someone we know. However, what I came to learn about this person is that they just escaped from an abusive relationship. I am not sure if it ever got physical, it's not my place to ask, but they did mention their partner was in possession of a handgun, which, quote-unquote, went off in the apartment. There was a bullet hole in the wall to prove it. So looking back, I should have never taken anything from that apartment. It was small, cramped studio, and was weird, to say the least. But the price tag of free was too good to resist. We get the couch into the apartment with no issues, school starts soon after, and all seems good. About a week or two into owning the couch, I was making dinner in the kitchen, which is open living room, and I noticed a white feather-like mist out of the corner of my eye. It was as clear as day and quickly whipped downward in about a second. I was excited, as it was the first time I saw something unexplained. It didn't feel negative, just curious. Just the weeks, as the weeks went on, I would continue to see these lights and mists of varying colors and density, not only in my apartment, but on campus. During this time, I was dealing with some personal issues. I will preface this that I am bipolar, have depression in general, and social anxiety. I've been on meds for about three to four years at this point, and I was stable. I was feeling unfulfilled with my major and my Chinese language classes. I had also been learning Chinese for seven years at that point and had decided my major junior year of high school and had loved all of my major's classes. However, even though it was only a few weeks into the semester, I was feeling very overwhelmed and unmotivated, which is very unlike me. I am that bitch who looks forward to returning to school. 
I started, <laughs> I, we're definitely not the same, sis. Um, yeah, I, definitely. <laughs> I started the semester by missing a number of assignments and classes. There are times where out of the blue, I would have very vivid images of myself committing suicide. Like I could feel the blood on my wrist or the pills in my hand. What the hell? I had dealt with suicide ideation in the past however not to this detail i cannot stress the realist nature of these images things only seem to ramp up from there about a month after having the couch i had the most disturbing experience of my life it was three or four in the afternoon and i was sitting on the couch my roommates were out of town for the weekend so i was calling my parents from my laptop without earbuds with apple products you are able to call people from your computer and is shown with a bar at the top corner of your computer the noise level of the other person's voice is shown with fluctuating bars that move higher with louder sound and grow shorter for quieter we were talking about a paper or something and suddenly my parents voice cut out and i hear a rumbling sound similar to a phone on a moving cars dashboard at first this was not startling just weird they were driving through the mountains and there are places where service is spotty but you get broken sound not a white noise however a couple seconds later the rumbling grew into a growl it was guttural and loud it made the noise indicator bar hit the highest sound level for a solid five seconds i suddenly had an overwhelming feeling of dread then i hear my dad's voice calling my nickname as clear as day however i knew in my core that this was not my father it was a devoid of any warmth and was mocking in nature i was terrified almost yelling mom dad come over and over again to see if i can get through to them but no response besides gin gin this continues for 10 seconds tops but it felt like forever just as i hear my parents voice come back through the call i see a black mist dissipate in the far corner of the living room this is interesting to see that originally it was like a white mist and it kind of just seemed more positive than negative and now this person's seeing a black mist and it kind of is giving like a negative connotation so by the time my parents come back i am panicked i'm crying and asking if they heard any of that they replied that there was only silence on my end which was god-awful answer to hear they, of course, are terrified for me at this point. They were concerned I was having a breakdown, which is a valid assessment. They suggested that I get up and try to find one of my cats and just pet them and calm them. It was only then I realized that I cannot move from the couch. This is not a physical resistance. I was not stuck to the couch or forced by some, but, or forced by some force to stay down, but I had a feeling that I would be injured if I moved from there. It was almost this as like a threat of violence from something. At this point, I'm close to having a full-blown panic attack my parents states away are helpless and suggest i call my close friend to see if she can come over my friend agrees with my parents my friend knocks on the door and i force myself to get up and unlock the door with my parents on the phone and tow. i let her in and try to explain what happened but i have the worst panic attack of my life i have had a number of panic attacks it comes with the territory but this one was like unlike any other just like the couch i could not move i sunk to the floor of the hallway and broke down my friend who i was not super close to at the time was truly an mvp she helped me calm down and talk to my parents she decided that we needed to get out of the apartment and with her help i was able to leave the apartment and head to a nearby park she asked if i would feel comfortable if her father a religiously important man in the community could say a prayer over me i'm not religious in any sense but was looking for any sort of help so i consented She called her father and explained what was happening. In the middle of their conversation, I felt immediate relief and the sensation of a release of pressure from me. It was so strong that my knees gave out and I nearly collapsed. I asked if he had just... I asked if he had just said the prayer and she said yes. This could be labeled as a placebo or just me hearing the prayer and responding, but my friend speaks strictly Arabic with her father. I could not understand a single word between them for the entire conversation. Feeling better, I decided to... I needed to return to the apartment and make sure my cats were okay. When I returned, I immediately grabbed my cats and headed to my bedroom, shutting the door behind me. I did not leave until well into the next morning when my roommates returned. I removed the couch later that week, but felt whatever it was was still attached to me. Ugh. I made an appointment with a cleanser who I would meet with a month later. I continued to see mist, deal with the overwhelming darkness and pain, and possibly have caught an orb on camera in my living room. However, after the meeting with the cleanser, my life in my apartment became normal again. I felt immediate relief from the physical pain and mental fog. I am still in the same apartment. I've never seen or sensed anything since. I'm convinced that something evil was attached to that couch, and it targeted me specifically. But joke's on it, because I am stronger than it thought. Thanks for sitting through this long-ass story. I love that. Joked on it because I'm stronger than it I, thought. I love that ending. That's like the perfect way to end this story because it really, I mean, unfortunately, you know, people, when you deal with mental health, a lot, like these, some people may think that these experiences is just they're mental, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's true. Mm-hmm. I think that it could be paranormal. This experience, especially after getting a cleansing done, 
things go back to normal. What are the odds of that? Um, As soon as they bring this couch in, negative things start to happen. She was fine. She was stable during the time that they were bringing the couch in. So it's just a lot of situations. I mean, there was a dark history behind the couch where it was originally. There was bullet holes in in the walls where this couch originally resided. Um, that's a lot of energy for it to be feeding off of as well. You know what I mean? Like if there was an intense, if the couch has something connected to it, even before, like who knows if it was there, like the place that the couch was before the person who wrote it's house, Mm -hmm. who knows if there might've been something connected to it before that. Yeah, definitely. Does that make sense? Like, like from the origin of the couch, like just because the person, the person before the person who wrote it, is where it came from doesn't mean that that's where it originated. Maybe, you know, the abusive relationship was fine and then the energy from the couch caused it to be abusive. Yeah, I mean, you never know. I mean, obviously, you know, we don't want to say that, like, abusive relationships are, like, like it's always, like, something like a malicious spirit and that's an excuse. Oh, absolutely I mean, not. No, yeah, 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 yeah. But who knows? This could have been a catalyst for the behavior. Yeah, you or know. it could have fed off of that energy because that's a lot of energy Definitely. that this whatever is connected to this couch is feeding off of. Does that make sense? I 1,000% agree. Yeah. All right, Lily, what's your next story? All right, my next story is called, let's see, Voices and Footsteps. Okay. Here we go. I'm a healthcare worker who has worked in a few residential homes. These experiences take place in the last home I worked in. It was a new build, currently only been open two years, and these took place over the course of the last year. Uh, The building spanned over three floors, the bottom being residential, which had no one on it, the staff room, laundry, changing rooms, and kitchen, the middle residential, nursing, bistro, reception, and offices for manager, deputy, etc., and the top was our dementia unit. We had 60 beds but only had 19 residents as we were still quite new and slowly filling our beds. Each floor had their own dining room and lounge. Ooh, sounds nice. Super nice. A lounge. Uh, I wasn't the only one to have experienced things here, but here are mine. Story one. I was working the night shift, 8 p.m. to 8 a.m., and it was the first one I've done there. I I was on the dementia unit and got to about 2 a.m. All the residents were asleep, so I let my colleague know that I was going to refill the bowls ready for breakfast. Uh, and headed to the kitchen. I went in and went to grab the bowls when I heard a female, clear as day, say hello in my ear. Not expecting it, I screamed and ran back to the top floor. I had forgotten the bowls. Realizing how dumb I was, I went back down, grabbed the bowls, and tried to debunk it by by seeing if the kitchen door had made a sound that I mistook for a voice. It didn't. When I saw the chef next, I asked her about it, and she told me that she always heard voices, in the morning, it was a male. In the evening, it was female. Never heard it again. Story two. It was about half of seven in the morning, or in the evening, sorry. I can't read today. Half of seven in the evening, nearly the end of my day shift, and I was on top, on the top floor, and everyone had already gone to bed. They liked to go to bed early. The corridor lights were sensor lights and had gone off. I was sat at the nurse's station, which is basically a desk in the corridor, with my colleague, and we both heard a noise coming from the corridor to the right of us. It sounded like a chair scraping across the linoleum floor. There were only be- there were only bedrooms that way, so I went and had a look. The corridor lights were off, and no one was there. There was a- no chair at all. I walked back, puzzled. I heard it again about five minutes later. But she didn't. Again, there was nothing there. Then we hear a door slam down the left, uh, and we hear footsteps. I looked around the corner and see that the maintenance room had a light shining under the door, but the corridor lights were off. I walked around, and the door was locked. The lights turned on as I went. Couldn't explain it, but but it had uh, both of us freaked out. Safe to say, as soon as the night staff came, we ran out of there. Third and final experience. Again, it was the night shift I was on. I was sat at the nurse's station in the middle floor. In front, in front of the desk, there was the lounge, the cleaner's store, and a bedroom. The guy was fast asleep. You could hear him snoring away. The nurse came and sat with me, and we started going through her paperwork. All of a sudden, we look up, and the bedroom door slams shut. 
We look at each other and I went up to the door and opened it. He was still sound asleep and in bed, hadn't moved at all. I checked to see if the windows were open, but they were all shut. The door won't move on its own and looked, and it looked and sounded like someone stood there and slammed it. All that night, we heard footsteps up and down these corridors, but no one was awake. I left that place in February of this year and am working in another new build residential home, just waiting for it to start here too. <laughs> the end. Oh, you know, and I'm sorry, but the second story, she was, mm-hmm. this person was with somebody when they were hearing the door slam, right? But they weren't hearing it or was she by herself or he by himself? So the second story, it happened once and they both heard it and then it happened again and only the person who was writing it heard okay, it. Okay, yeah. It makes you think, was there a message trying to be sent to them? Yeah, or specifically to her. Yeah, exactly, to her, especially because she's the only one that heard it that second time and not the other person. Yeah. What do you, what do you take, like, what do you think about the other stories as well? Do you think that these stories just prove that this message is specifically for her? Or do you think that it's just whoever's open to listening? I think it's whoever's, I think in this case, it's just whoever will listen. You know, because um, the chef said that um, she heard voices too. So it's definitely not all in her head, whoever wrote this. You know what I mean? Which we always say, power in numbers. It's always good to know that you're not the only one experiencing these things. Exactly. You have other people there that can validate what you're going through. Even if if they haven't experienced it right in that moment with you, they could say, oh, you know, we've had X, Y, and Z happen to us too. Yeah, exactly. There's like solidarity in it. Definitely. Okay, so my next story, this is like my last, like, longer one. This is titled, I've seen the hat man, a orb, and unexplained lights in the graveyard near my husband's house. A couple months of settling into my husband's childhood residence, we decided to set up a cost-friendly, a.k.a. cheap security camera with night vision for the front and backyard yard. We hooked it up to a small TV monitor, but we couldn't set it up, rec- we couldn't set it up record for the times when we weren't home. His house was built on a hillside in an awkward direction with our driveway, a.k.a. dirt road, leads to the right side of his house. <laughs> his aunt's property is to the right rear of us, and the church property is to the right of her property. The graveyard area actually adjoins to his aunt's property, then follows the fellowship hall and then church house. So all those property lines to the rear of us are acres and acres of tall pine trees and other hardwood trees and thicket. His backyard is actually higher than our front porch. His yard has so many huge trees along the driveway that give good shade. Sorry if that took a while to describe the property setup. Well, sort of. So uh, this is just to give you an idea of where this this creepy story is taking place. Because this already gives me an idea that there was definitely something spooky, kooky, ooky in that forest. Absolutely. With graveyards and a church. Mm-mm. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> so one day nearing dusk time, he had his flatbed truck in the backyard to work on a rear tire. He had our 16-year-old son helping out and one of his cousins that was a regular visitor also in the back helping. I was inside the house with another one of his cousins. We were folding sword and clothes and just talking about whatever. At this time we were talking, we both happened to glance at the security monitor at the same time. My jaw dropped and my heart skipped a beat. There was standing up the hill under a large oak tree on the property line a very large black shadow of a man wearing some sort of hat and big long coat slash jacket. It reminded me of the character on Jeepers Creepers, the hat and jacket it wears minus the wings. The outline was similar, but there was no features, only total darkness. It was standing in a way that it was way above my husband, who was teaching our son how to change a rear tire. It was standing there so still, looking down at them, watching them. The guys in the backyard didn't seem to be affected by its presence, as if they didn't even notice it. It sent chills up my spine. The moment was only for a few seconds, but also... Uh, But it also felt like forever. His cousin and I looked at each other in shock, asking in disbelief if we had just seen the same thing. When we looked back at the monitor, it had disappeared in the blink of an eye. No sign or trace of the huge black shadow was just standing there. That was my first experience at this house. We didn't have our little girl yet, so it was just me, my husband, and our son that lived there during this experience. I had never heard of the hat man prior to the experience. I've seen shadows moving from the corner of my eye. When I was a kid, I'd hear my name being called when there wasn't anyone around. I've seen another shadow figure a few years later, 2015, inside my home. I thought it was my husband walking by the doorway because it was tall like him, about six foot. 
It whisked by so quick, I walked out of the room to talk to him, expecting him to be up on his feet. Instead, he was kicked back on his recliner, snoring away. That was a creeper. <laughs> it was in the middle of the night. I'm sort of a low-key insomniac, but after that, I took my butt to bed. I tried not to pa- panic, but my heart sank when I seen my hubby laying there sleeping. I told myself it may have been a mutual friend of ours that passed away in 2008, a day before my birthday. We were actually the ones to find her unresponsive and called 911. It felt unreal, yet traumatic at once. I'm sorry this story seems so long just to talk about your experiences. LOL. Plus, I kept trying to edit. I'm not a writer or anything, but b- bear with me, please. <laughs> a, sep- <laughs> a separate time after dark, we noticed an orb on the security camera of our front porch. My husband and I were sitting in the living room watching TV with the security monitor placed on top of it, and so we noticed an orb floating around the front porch area. Then it moved to the living room window. It was as if it was looking inside the house. We couldn't see any orb with our own eyes while looking out the window. It only appeared on the security monitor. The experience lasted a few minutes. It reminded me of how our dogs would come up and stand up with their front paws on the window frame to go see inside of the house. One of our pets passed away and was buried on the property. I told myself it was probably the pet spirit. My husband and I agreed that was very weird. Another time, I was up late watching TV in the living room all alone. My husband, baby, and son are all asleep. It was around 1, 2 a.m., this time, in the backyard security camera was showing a single flashing light off the, towards the direction of the graveyard. His aunt's house was vacant at this point, so there were no lights or electric on at her house. Her house wasn't visible on the camera. The only view was across her front yard and of her driveway into the direction of the church property. There was that light just constantly flashing off and on. It looked like a very bright flashlight. I recorded it for a little while with my phone because I couldn't believe it and needed to have proof from my husband. It went on for a long time. I questioned my I questioned my someone would shoot why someone would choose to sit out there flashing a light towards our house. It still didn't make sense to me. <laughs> Just another file for the weird experiences. On the same night, the kitchen light got flipped on and then flipped back off. I took that as a sign I needed to go to bed. That was a little bit too freaky at that point. No lie, I was legitimately petrified. I probably power walked to my bedroom. The end. Wow. So this woman. There's a lot there. And specifically at this house. I mean, she's had her side experiences or whatever, but it just seems like something just wants to let them know that they're there, that there's some history to the property not necessarily just their house, but maybe the ground that they're on because they're near a church. They're near a graveyard. I mean, graveyard. Yeah. That's just like a, that's just a recipe for supernatural activity to happen, in my opinion. No, I agree. I agree. So, yeah, Lily, what's, is this your last story, or do we have two more? I think we have two more. Okay, just wanted to make sure I didn't p- pick too many stories. Yeah. Okay. This one is called My Paranormal Experiences. I have over the last year been experiencing odd, possibly paranormal occurrences in my house. After I found this page today, I thought it would be a good place to finally share my stories without being called a liar. On that note, let's begin. I'm a 14-year-old male who has lived in the same house since I was two. I can't remember the old house because I was too little to remember it now, so I have literally lived in this house as long as I can remember. I have also experienced minor paranormal experiences for as long as I could remember, but I've always pushed it off as nothing. I would hear footsteps and small objects would move occasionally, but during the summer of last year, everything changed. The object movement and footsteps occurrence rate increased exponentially. It became a much more common occurrence, to say the least. Also, around that time, I had a girlfriend. Don't worry, this is not important. This is important to the story. I'm not bragging. I'm single now. <laughs> this is such a 14-year-old guy. <laughs> um... Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Where am I? Right here. Okay. She was coming over and I didn't want it to be a surprise if anything paranormal happened. Therefore, I told her about my experiences. She was the first person to believe me because she was into the paranormal stuff. Uh, She said she she said we should attempt to communicate with it when she comes over. I agreed. She comes over. I ask her, how are we going to communicate with the spirit? She said a Ouija board session tonight and I freak out. After a near hour of debating, I agree. That night at 2 a.m., we set up the session. The first question we ask is, what is your name? Nothing happens. We ask the same question. Nothing happens. My girlfriend asks it a third time. Nothing happens. Then I state, I told you this was stupid. Nothing is going to happen. Then, on cue, almost like the spirit heard me, the candle blows out. The board starts shaking. A sharp pain hits my chest. We close up the session out of fear. 
And this sparked something in the house because after 11 years of seeing nothing in the house, I've seen the spirit six times in one in and out of the house. And then we have some stories and then we have all the six stories. So one, my little brother came walking up the hallway, then disappeared in front of my eyes. I found him asleep in his room a minute later. Two, a shadow figure that looked like a 16 year old girl peeked out from behind my closet door. I still sleep with my closet door closed every night. It scared me to death because it was the first time I had seen it. Three, the same figure woke me up by rubbing my back and telling me it's time to get up before disappearing. She saved me from missing the bus. Oh, that's, that's a good spirit. The same figure, huh? That's a good spirit to have, waking you up. Yeah, right? The same figure was standing out, was standing by my mailbox one morning. It disappeared when the bus's headlights hit it. Five, I saw the same figure sitting in my seat on my school bus. I'm the first one on and it disappeared in front of me. So what was it? And six, lastly, me and my mom saw a lot of orbs in front of us while recording my baby brother's playing. Thank you for reading about my experiences, if you made it this far. I'll keep you guys posted and see if anything else happens. The end. Ooh, it's interesting because it's like a bunch of different types of experiences, but I think they're all connected. I think so, too. But yeah, you're right. You have the first one with the brother walking down the hallway and then being asleep in his room. Like, that could be a glitch in the Matrix right there. You know what I mean? But then but then you have like a shadow figure, you know, the 16 year old girl shadow figure who, you know, wakes him up for the bus and is, you know, almost, you know, and safe and sitting in his seat on the bus, you know, and it's like, okay, they're definitely connected. But what exactly is going on? Do you think it was someone that passed away in the house that just wants to kind of be recognized by this younger person or I think it could be. What do you think? That's what that's what I'm leaning towards. Maybe this girl. I mean, especially if it's a younger girl, it looks like a younger girl. A lot of times, I'm assuming this younger girl maybe passed away tragically, not expecting to pass away, and yeah. maybe she's still very confused, and now is finally being acknowledged by someone. And so it's yeah. kind of like a way of her being like, oh, like you know, I like I like the attention. I like being seen. Mm-hmm. Doesn't really have Absolutely. that full closure to like move on. So it'd be, it'd be cool to do, like, like research on that house and see if there was any cases on the property yeah. or something like that. Totally. Okay. No, totally. Yeah, I think I think there's definitely, I think it could be a girl who passed away, but then how do you explain, you know, the brother walking down the hallway? Spooky kooky-ooky. Maybe their house is, like, some sort of portal for supernatural Ooh. activity. So, like, just a bunch of random shit happens there. It's just, like, a hot spot for it. it. Yeah. You never know. Okay, so my next story is titled Gnome in a Sauna. Yes, you heard that right. Gnome in a Sauna. Love it. So I was really young. I can't remember how young, but I must have been under six. I was at my grandparents, and they have an outside sauna in a building with workshop next to it. I was with my grandpa, and we were talking about something as we were entering the sauna. Then my grandpa goes to the heater to put in logs or maybe store them next to it. I can't remember, but I was facing the benches as we were walking, and next thing I know, there's this little gnome that peeks its head and looks straight at me from a hole where all the water goes on the floor. It must have only been seconds because I stood still and silent, and then it just goes away. I tell it to my grandpa, but don't know if he took it seriously. I don't know what to feel. I was fascinated, but a little creeped out by it. Later, my grandpa tells me something about gnomes living underground, as it is often in Finnish folklore, which made it even more mysterious. I don't think it was a dream because it shocked me, and I remember it so clearly. I don't know where to post this, and I just wanted to tell someone because it really bothers me when it sometimes comes comes to mind. Sorry if my English has some spelling mistakes. I my English is not my first language. So. Aww. Okay, so, but this is, like, some Pennywise shit, right? Because this is coming from my fucking drain where all the water goes on the floor. And it's just, like, a little a little gnome thing looking at you. True. I don't I like that. kind of cute. I don't like that. It reminds me too much of Pennywise. And even though the new Pennywise is kind of hot, I just, <laughs> I just can't do it. I can't do it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Gnomes are canceled. Little things like that? Nope. I'm good. 86 the gnomes. No more. (laughs) All right, Lily, what's your last story? Okay, my last one is short, but it's kind of funny. It's called Something Keeps Putting Bread in My Drinks. (laughs) What? (laughs) 
So, hello everyone. I know this isn't some crazy paranormal story, but I just need to know if anyone has experienced something similar or knows what's going on. Recently, I poured myself a glass of some type of drink and I'll check it beforehand and find nothing in it. But then I'll be drinking it or peeking inside the glass and find little chunks of bread floating in my drink. The The first time it happened, I assumed I had accidentally done it somehow, but now it's just become uncanny. It's like some sort of ghost prank. I'm not at all scared. I'm kind of amused. But I just have to know if anyone else has experienced something similar. Am I being haunted by some prankster or should I have nothing to fear? Thank you in advance. That ghost is a troll. <laughs> right? I know it's really short and kind of goofy, but I had to choose it. I had that to. That is hysterical. I thought my gnome in a drain was funny. That is fucking amazing. You just Imagine you're drinking and you're just like, hmm. What is what is that texture in there? And you look at this bread. bread from a ghost. <laughs> like, what is the symbolism behind that? Is it just like the closest thing the spirit can get? And it's like, you know what? This is light enough. I don't need that much energy. I'll just throw it in the drink and just fuck with this kid. <laughs> that is hysterical. Was there any comments saying like, oh, yeah, I've had bread thrown in my water? <laughs> there were a couple of comments that were just like, yeah, I wouldn't be too concerned. <laughs> Yeah, that one's a good one. I kind of I kind of want that spirit in my in my house. If I were to have Absolutely. a spirit. Okay. So my next story is Mom, what's that? So you know how in a lot of paranormal movies they use kids? Prime example yeah. is when the kid gets scared, so mommy and daddy go into the room, check under the bed, in the closet, and reassure the child that nothing is there. And then the child proceeds to point behind them and say something's like, No, it's behind you. It's more terrifying outside of a movie. So, it was around midnight. I had all the kids in bed. The boys were downstairs. My oldest and youngest daughter were upstairs. I was in my room across the hall when I hear a blood-curdling scream coming from their room. I jump up, haul ass into the room, nearly breaking through the door in the process. My oldest daughter was sitting straight up in her bed, but in the very corner with the blanket pulled up over half her face. I asked her what was wrong, and through the sobs, I managed to hear, He's back, Mama! I knew who it was, but I wasn't going to tell her that. I flipped, on the, I flipped on the light, which I should have done to begin with, and I did the standard check under the bed, in the closet, and reassured her that nothing was in there. I shut back off the light, and she screams, Mama! I went back over to her and told her nothing was in here, and she goes, Yes, it is. He's behind you. My heart sank, and I got a huge knot in my stomach. I slowly turned around, and sure as shit, there was a huge mass standing directly behind me, towering <laughs> over me. I couldn't even make a sound. I grabbed my girls and hauled ass like someone lit a fire under me. I got them into my room, literally threw the girls onto my bed, my bed, and ran back to the door and slammed it shut. I had no idea why I thought a door would keep this bastard out when it's dead, but logical thinking wasn't part of my night, obviously. I got onto the bed with them, and then all of a sudden I hear tap, tap, tap on my door. I told it to go the fuck away. Tap, tap, tap. All night long i didn't open that door until that sun was shining through my windows the end wow yeah this is the part where like me thinking in the perspective of a mother i'd be like every person for themselves you all have feet all right we're all gonna run the fuck out of this house all right we're gonna sleep in our car tonight honey all right and we're gonna just pretend none of that happened and we're gonna get the fuck out we're not staying back in there because the woman actually saw something. A huge yeah. mist over her. Like, couldn't even just be like, look, oh, there's nothing there. But maybe the child sees something. I mean, at least I, w- I don't want to see it. If my child's going to yeah. be traumatized, let her go through it herself and see that. Why do I have to get involved? That's horrifying. And then you can't even deny it anymore. Every time the kid says she sees something, you're like, oh, shit. Like, now I'm going to poop my pants every time. <laughs> there can only be so many poopy pants in the house. I remember when I was in dance class when I was little, there was a girl there who was still in uh, pull-ups. And you could, like, see them through her leotard. And for literally no reason, I just hated her. And I called her stinky diaper baby. How old were you? I was, like, four. Oh, you were a bitch at a young age. my mom about stinky diaper baby she'll remember i remember did you get in trouble huh did you get in trouble well i never called her that to her face i was just a bitch behind people's back 
I thought you literally went up to her and was like, stinky diaper, baby. No, I never. <laughs> oh, my God. The more you know. I learn something new about you every episode, Lily. What can I say? I'm a bitch. Oh, young blood, young blood bitch. Okay. So, on that note, that concludes this episode of Just Ghouly Things, the quarantine spooky stories episode. The Spooky Story Special, episode 50. So, Lily, do you have anything to say in closing remarks before we go into our socials? Um, Don't put your pants if you see a ghost, because then you have to deal with the cleanup. Yeah, and then all the ghosts are just going to call you, you know, Stinky poopy. diaper baby. <laughs> yeah, stinky diaper baby. And <laughs> it's just going to be for eternity, so, you know, just don't poop your pants. All right, ready for the socials, Lil? Yep. Let's do it. Follow us on Instagram. At Just Ghouly Things Podcast. Personal Instagrams at Rebecca Ruber and at Lily Baldessari. Twitter. JGT Podcast. Facebook like page. Just Ghouly Things Podcast. Facebook private group. Just Ghouly Things Podcast group. Send us that paper and donate to our Patreon. <laughs> Just Ghouly Things Podcast. <laughs> and... If you or someone you know has a paranormal experience they'd like to share on our show or just tell us how cringy you thought that last shout-out for don uh, for donating to our Patreon was, email <laughs> us at... JustGoodyThingsPodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, Boo Things. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we don't care if you hate this podcast at the end of the episode. Still rate us five stars and review us and tell us how fucking awesome we are. And if you're not listening on Apple Podcasts, that's totally fine. Promote us... Um, by screenshotting an episode of ours, maybe this one, and post it all over your social media. Text it in a chain saying that if you don't send it to 10 or more people, they're going to have no love life for the next seven years. Do what you got to do. Oh, my God. Do. do you remember those? Yes. Yes. And then sometimes I wonder why, like, things go fucking horribly wrong in my life. And I'm like, maybe I should have sent that chain message that Karen sent me, like, in fifth grade. <laughs> So on that note, guys, thank you so much for listening, Boo Things, and we will talk to Boo tomorrow. Goodbye. Goodbye.